Hello! And hello. And hello. Hello. Hi. And hi. Hello. Okay. Hola. Hola. Hello. Hello. Hi. Howdy, neighbor. Hi. Hey. Hey. Aldo. Hi. Hi. Konnichiwa. Hey, yo. <laughs> hello. Goodbye. <laughs> We're done with this. I, I cannot even play. <laughs> We're moving on. Hello. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to Make Believe Heroes, an actual play, 5th edition, Dungeons, Dungeons & Dragons, Dragons Adventure. Adventure. You're almost in sync. You're, cl- very, you're very close. close. I can't remember what the last word was. was very, you had to pause on adventure, but yeah. you did good. Nice try. I am Paul, your Dungeon Master. Hey, Paul. And tonight, hello. Tonight, I'm joined, per the usual, by my four friends. Hey, guys. This is Jeremy. I play Saul. Hello. I'm Jeffrey, and I play Kjorg. I be Alan, and tonight I play... Brackle. <laughs> Thank I you. almost said Jim. <laughs> now, my name is Alan, and I play... Jim. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that on purpose? <laughs> Brackle. <No. laughs> I didn't think it was. It looked completely <laughs> not on purpose. Okay. <laughs> Brackle. <laughs> Brackle. Okay. I'm Felicia, and I play Misk. And we are the make-believe heroes. Tonight, we're going to make some believe. (laughs) But before we do, I'm going to roll a giant blue 20-sided die. I heard playing make-believe is for little kids. It is, but also adults. I heard playing heroes was for little kids. I rolled a 15. So, last time on Make-Believe Heroes, in episode 13, you might say, the master of the Tower, Sylvandale, finally revealed himself to our group of adventurers. He brought them to his own living quarters to discuss a number of things. Their quest, their truest desires, their worth. He introduced himself to them as Hope and Kell the True. And then, as a final test of their value, he revealed that he was, in fact, the ancient silver dragon, greatest of the Dracon Kelly. In a grueling test of combat, the group showed themselves capable of overcoming a great challenge and bested him, at least, so it would seem. And in the end, he transformed back into his humanoid form, relinquishing the fight to them, and by Saul's request, has agreed to help them in some way. If I remember correctly, Saul, did you not throw your longsword and your remaining dagger down at his feet? Yes. So, with your dagger and your longsword at the feet of Hope and Kill. What about my broken hand axe that I threw down to? Oh, yeah. And then Alan threw his down and said, and my bow, I think. Everybody's weapons are on the floor, yep. except for Misk's. So, everybody, everybody's weapons are on the floor. And he says, what am I supposed to do with these? Perhaps you have replacements. Better ones. I'm just kidding. Yes. I believe that perhaps I could assist the four of you with something. I do have a lot of things, he says, gesturing to the very, very large chamber around you all. 
where there are just mounds of treasure, gold and silver surrounding you in great piles, just treasure everywhere. You can see here and there, if you just do a quick scan of the room, you can see swords, axes, you know, just basically any sort of weapon you would imagine just amongst the things. This is my collection, you might say. Of what? Well, treasure. These are things that I have come to acquire over my extended stint of life here on Manumi. Oh, I get it. Because you're a dragon. Yes, Kyorg, I am a dragon. That's accurate. Saul looks at (laughs) Kyorg sidelong. When you're done talking to the fool, show me your collection, great one. It's right there. Uh, Just look around. I'm sure that he has something in here that is truly magnificent. Uh, I probably have a number of things in here that you would consider magnificent. See if I can come up with something for you, shall I? Would you all like to follow me? And he turns, and walking away from the cleared-out area where you all were just fighting a gigantic silver dragon, he begins to walk deeper into this great treasure hoard. There are mountains of treasure, gold, like I said. A lot of silver and mithril. It gleams in the light of the lanterns overhead. And now, more than ever, you all can see that this room is absolutely magically uh, advanced to be bigger on the inside, as has been previously stated. Do you all follow? Yes. Yes. Misk follows. He begins walking along his chamber, wherein lie all these considerable mounds of treasure. There's gold, jewels, mithril, and silver, enough to purchase a kingdom. And after some walking, he's walking along, walking along. He'll stop, he'll pause, he'll sort of look one over and, no, I don't think. Let's see. And he just, you know, it takes him a little bit, probably a good 15, 20 minutes of walking, thinking. And he comes to a mound. He says, ah, yes. And he steps over, he climbs up onto it, and he reaches inside the treasure, and he pulls out a small black box. Stepping down off of the treasure with this black box in his hand, wiping the top off. I would say wiping the dust off, but really everything's pretty clean, strangely enough. And you can see that atop this black box, there is green etching on the surface. Yes, this should do quite nicely. Now, Saul, Mm. those daggers you were wielding before were not up to the task at hand. I believe perhaps this might suit you better. Mm, Perhaps it will. He walks up and puts both hands out like... See if he's going to give him the box. Like, gimme, gimme. He holds up the box in front of him with one hand and goes to reach it to you, and he stops and pulls back for a second. He says, This belonged to my sister, Venrea. If I give it to you, well, here, have a look. He hands you the box. This is from your sister, Venrea. Yes, Venrea. The green? Good guess. You are correct, Saul. He slides open the, the top of it. It does just like you would think. It's into a groove. It slides open. And inside the box, wrapped, is what you can immediately tell some sort of a short blade, a small knife wrapped in an emerald cloth. Uh, Saul takes it out gingerly and starts to unravel it. You carefully unwrap it from this oiled cloth and you find a dagger. Its handle is black petrified oak and it is wrapped in a dark green cord for grip. It's pointed with an immeasurably sharp blade. This dagger can produce a poison from within itself that's more potent than any you would have previously encountered, Saul. 
I believe that my sister may have infused some of her own venom into the handle itself. You should be able to will it forth in battle, once per day at least. Here is a weapon fit for a prince of hell, and he turns it over a few times. I am humbled by your gift, great one. Well, to defeat a dragon in battle, even if it were just a test, surely is deserving of a reward song. And I hope that this dagger of venom will assist you in accomplishing great things and also to help you do good, Saul. He reaches up and he just sort of gives you a little tap on the shoulder like a pat. And then he turns, locking his hands behind the lower part of his back. He says, now, the three of you, I'm sure, are thinking, where's mine? Mm, A little bit. No, I'm... Pretty content. Brackle, you threw your bow at my feet. That was to show my obeisance. Obesity? Obesity? I forget the word. I think he was just referencing Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I think you're right, Kjord. But here, come come with me. Let's, let's go on. Let's go on. I have many things. And he begins walking again. He goes a little farther down the way. He's pausing here, looking at this sword, looking at this hammer, looking at a bow, looking at different things he comes across. And no, no. Ah, yes, and up ahead there is actually a like a desk. It looks like an old desk that he maybe used at one time, probably for his office or something like that, and there is a big hole smashed into the middle of it. Ooh. It's sort of caved in a little bit, and sticking up out of the hole is a handle with blue leather, like royal blue leather wrapped around the handle. Uh-huh. He walks over, he grabs the handle, and he yanks it free of this desk that it's crashed into. Kjorg, I believe this weapon would be a great help to you in your endeavors to become the people's champion. Ooh. It's a mace. I grab it and smash the desk again. He hands it to you, you take it in your hand, and you crash it down on the on the desk. And when you do, it just it feels perfectly weighted in your hands, and it splinters that desk. This actually belonged also to one of my brethren. Ooh. I believe you would have liked Sinean. He was a warrior to the core. This was one of his favorite weapons during the War of Light. I would have challenged him. <laughs> now I believe it would have been a formidable battle, Kjorg. Of course you would have lost, but... I don't think so. <laughs> perhaps not. With this mace, you shall smite down the children of darkness, Kjorg. Let this weapon be an extension of your arm. And when great challenge rears its head, may it be the power that you need. He says the children of darkness, and I glance over at Saul. (laughs) Saul smiles toothily back. (laughs) Yes. Come now, a bit further. So we're walking along. Kjord, are you you swinging the mace? Yes. I'm sure. Do you hit anything else with it? Yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. After a couple, he's like, Please, Kjord, don't destroy all of my things. Okay. Thank you. Ah, yes, this is what I'm looking for. He prances forward, and there's a long wooden box lying amongst the treasure of gold, silver, and precious stones. It's a simple but beautifully crafted wooden box. He picks it up, and he passes it to Brackle. Brackle, I believe that perhaps this might be of some interest to you. Brackle takes the box and mm-hmm. examines it from the outside and is like, it's a very nice box. 
Yes, it's what's inside that counts, though, Brackle. Please, open it. You see... I've always thought so as well. What's inside? He and Brackle does this with his heart. <laughs> right. Brackle... No, he opens the box. Brackle... No, he, the... First he screams, What's in the box? Can I... Are you ready for me? And then after that, he screams, <laughs> Is it the detonator? God. I quit. <laughs> Just because Dale said never let it stop doesn't mean that it can't stop. It has okay. to not stop. That bow of yours is quite formidable already, Brackle, but I believe that you'll find this one to be the best ever crafted. I look at the bow. What do I see? It's very simply made. There's nothing strange or you know outlandish about the bow it just looks like the person that made it took the most precise care over the wood when they were making it there's no runes carved into it or anything like that it does have a little bit of a design carved along the not the handle but the actual wood of the bow that curves outward from the handle which is just a simple brown leather and it's like leaves and vines basically just the designs of leaves and vines bring along it's not strong but it's there and it's easy for you to string it and get a feel for it i say this is quite a bow indeed did it also belong to one of your sisters or brothers this was not in fact made by one of my brethren rather it belonged to a very good friend of mine uh, an elf no better archers on manumi are there than the elves of the forests of fallen grove and he possibly the greatest of them all. Oh, Jerry. Yeah, I know Jerry. <laughs> yes. You know Jerry? <laughs> Please, God. Yeah, me and Jerry used to... <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brackle. His name wasn't Jerry. It's... it's. Please. He says, oh, thank you. I was going to ask. I was setting up to ask, but it didn't quite work Wait, what out. Was but his name? What became of your brothers and sisters? Ooh. Well, you know, Brackle, um, some of them have passed. Some of them, I'm not sure. I would be, well, let me put it like this. We had a bit of a falling out, you might say, all of us. Our time ended. Brackle, I know of a few of my brothers and sisters where they are. There are a number of them that still inhabit this land, but... Like myself, we have spent much of the last few centuries remaining out of the public view. I decided it was time for me to take a little bit more of an active approach. Most of my brethren would disagree with that. But due to recent events, this last year I've decided that, well, perhaps the time of being silent has passed. It may no longer be the Age of Dragons, but that's not to say that we can't help. If on your journeys, Brackle, you were to come across any, I would love to hear of it. Well, you'll be the first to know. Brackle, that bow, it, uh, it, it's a very good bow. I think you'll find that it is significantly more powerful than any that you've previously used. But it also has some other latent abilities. My friend, when he made it, he, uh, he actually put some of his own magic into it to help him be more aware, if you will. Is this a sentient thing? No, no, nothing like that. It just, I, I believe that it has a way of alerting you. Danger. It glows blue. Does it glow when orcs are near? It doesn't, no. This is not the Lord of the Rings, nor is it the <laughs> Hobbit. Elevonry was a strange man, but... Uh, what? He seemed to... <laughs> quite well at, at making things with wood. He so made that? Woodworking. 
some would call it. He stops, he looks at Misk, and he says, Misk, I'm, I'm afraid I don't have any extraordinary weapons like the sword that you wear, nothing with as much finesse. Perhaps I could offer you some other form of assistance. Come, follow me. He turns and he heads back toward the other end of the enormous chamber, where you all were before, where the chairs were and the fireplace. He walks for a time. You all have made your way along his treasure hoard for a bit. He comes to the other wall on the other side of where those chairs and the fireplace was, and there's a wide silver door. He opens it and steps inside. Inside are his sleeping chambers. This is his bedroom. Along the walls are a number of paintings depicting epic battles featuring Lords of war, dragons, men, elves, dwarves, halflings, gnomes, tieflings. To the right of this chamber, as you step inside, over on the right side, there is a large wooden armoire, a closet, standing there. He reaches into his pocket and he withdraws a key. With that key, he unlocks the door to this closet and swings the doors open wide. Standing there, he reaches inside and he pulls out a dark cloak. He holds it in his hands and he he looks down at it and he it's very very it's it's not sheer necessarily but it's very very silky definitely he turns as if to turn to hand it to you but he sort of stops halfway and he just he kind of lowers his head and he feels it in his palms this misc belonged to my little sister she and I were quite close once. I cared for her deeply, but time and the pains of life made us drift apart. This cloak was hers once. It protected her in battle and it helped her complete many of the quests tasked to her by the gods in the days of our youth. It was damaged when I recovered it, but I believe I've finally restored it to its former glory. I would like for you to have it, Misk. He reaches it forth to you, and this cloak is black as a shadow. It shifts in his hands. It almost seems shapeless. Wear it, and it will help keep you safe in moments of danger. He reaches the cloak forth and lays it in your hands. As he does, he grasps your palm between his hands. I have but one request for you, Misk. Take this cloak. My only remaining relic, my sister, and do good. Overcome evil, Misk. And then he leans in close and whispers something into your ear, quiet enough that no one else in the room can hear. Overcome the darkness within, Misk. Do what Dimvarga could not. <laughs> Stepping back, he grins at you all. I hope that these gifts will help you all and that you'll find them a great aid in times of need. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kel and Hope. Thank you, Hope and Kel. You are welcome, Misk. You have given us weapons worthy of royalty. And people's champions. Well, there was a time when the dragons were royalty. We were the kings and the queens of Monomi. We stood upon the mountains and we watched as the free peoples of this world grew and spread, built their kingdoms. We helped. We defeated darkness in the war of light. But, as I said before, the time of the dragons has passed. My time has come to an end already. 
but I hope that I can offer some assistance. And that assistance comes not only in these four items, these things that I've given you, which I hope will help you as you go forth on your journey, but I do have some information that I would like to give you all. And then it is getting quite late. I'm sure that you would all like to rest, for you have a long day's travel ahead of you tomorrow. Wait, what about Juniper? I don't believe she is a part of your journey. You're not wrong. She may travel with you all from here. That will be her choice. But if she does so, she will be putting herself at great risk. She may decide to stay here, and she is welcome to do so. Personally, I hope that that is what she will do. We'll see. You see, I I know where Brianna is. <gasps> where? I can send you there. Send us. Send us there. I intend to do so. Where is she then? She is... Her captors are in a secret location somewhere southeast of Branshire. You're quite a distance from there, a couple of days' travel. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lend you all horses. Tomorrow morning, you need to leave early as possible. Get a good night's rest for... I can't promise when your next night's rest will be, especially in such a comfortable place as Sylvandale. But get your rest, awake in the morning... There will be horses waiting for you, and I will imbue these horses with some of my power that will allow them to run quite more swiftly than your average horse. Surely you have nightmares. Mm, No, I'm afraid that those sorts of beings can't be sustained on the natural plane, Saul. Of course. Before you can say that, Brackle says every night. Much like (laughs) your past form could not be sustained on the natural plane. Ooh. This plane. That's weakness. That was not a burn, Kjorg. It was just simply a fact. No, it was a burn. <laughs> well, right. look at it this way. At least you knew what you were talking about this time. Yes. We don't have access to those sort of things, and you know, I would love to give you a, a Pegasus, but I don't have one. So I will give you these horses. They will take you swiftly, and I will also tell them exactly where to take you. They know the place. They can find it. They know this land better than any of us, and they'll take you right to... My allies. You're one of the great ones. Couldn't you take us there in the blink? Yourself? His chest sort of puffs up a little bit, but as he darts his eyes towards you, it's not a look of pride. It may be a different age, Saul, but time has not come where I would stoop as low as to be transport. He uh, just gives us just a slight nod of, sorry I asked. Do you have any shadow facts? I don't know that word, Kjork, but I have fast horses. They'll take you there tomorrow. They know the way. If you need to stop for a rest, you can, but they will take you straight to the exact location of my allies, who I will message in the morning. I will contact them myself to let them know that you're coming. Do you have any unicorns? I'm afraid not, Kjork. Your allies? Well, I have some friends. Some people who are working toward the same goals that you are. And they have information about Brianna's location. You will go to them and they will take you to where she is. Perhaps they can help you in your quest. It is getting late. I am I'm tired. It's takes a lot out doing battle such as this. Getting wrecked. Well, if you say so. But before I go, I, I'd like to thank you all for what you're doing. And I would like to encourage you to stay the course. And he sort of stops, looks around at you all, and you all sort of get that same feeling you did before where he was like looking down into your souls, you know? 
thank you for stepping out, taking on this task. Let me encourage you. Sometimes things don't go the way that you think they would, but stay the course. Yeah, things really don't always go like you think they're going to go, that's for sure. Not in this game. That's true, Jork. Saul looks at everybody else's expressions and pulls out a cigar and starts to light it and takes a big puff. Mm -hmm. We will stay the course. We are true. Jork looks at Saul. I believe that you are, and I hope that I am correct. Now, it is time for me to retire and for you all to get your rest. Before we go, is there anything else that you would like to ask me? In, in this quest before us, what are the stakes, really? That remains to be seen, Brackle. For one such as you to get involved, this is a lot bigger than some small town in a backwater wilderness. Perhaps. It is like I told you before, Brackle. Some things have happened lately, and the face of the world is changing. My own sister. She committed a heinous act, and in doing so, she has set in motion things that may require the help of my brethren. And so, I'm not sure what the stakes, as you put it, of this quest that you are on, I'm not sure what the stakes exactly are, but I can tell you that there are men and women of great power that are interested in Branshire at this current juncture. So we'll see. Brackle ponders these things in his heart. I have a question, great one. Yes, Saul? What of the tieflings? When we come to this plane, our powers diminish, and the rumor is that when we die, we just go away. You were made by the gods. Who of the gods is our god? Hmm. Or where is our dragon, at least? Have you not learned of these things in the Nine Hells? Do they not teach it? No. We are our own gods. In a sense that it's true. There is no god of the tieflings, Saul. The spirits of the abyss, the devils, and the demons of the Nine Hells are not beings that were created by the gods of Manumi. You exist outside the reign of the gods, and therefore to come here is to become a part of something that you were not born into, and we welcome you, Saul. But when you die, from what I understand, a tiefling has no place to go. <laughs> or they experienced the afterlife before life. He uh, takes a long draw of his cigar, blows a couple smoke rings up into the air. It's almost a beautiful thing, you said. Almost. Don't be disheartened, Saul. You have, I'm certain, many years ahead of yourself in which to make a great life for yourself, a great name for yourself amongst the living. Don't let it pass you by in fear of what's to come. Now, I think that's enough. Would you all like to retire to your rooms? Yes, please. I'm not ready to retire yet. I've got my whole career ahead of me. Yes, Kjorg. I simply mean sleep. Oh. Here, come with me and I'll show you the door. He steps outside his room. You all walk through this great hoarded treasure in this huge chamber. And on the other end of the room, there is a large, beautiful, ornate silver door with a large rune on it that you guys don't recognize from anywhere. He opens the door. 
This is the staircase that will lead you downstairs. Go down just a few floors. I'm sure you can find your way. Yes? Yeah, I think we got it from here. Well, this is goodbye. In the morning when you awake, I will not be here. I have some business to attend to. Of course, I must contact my allies to the south to inform them of your journey. Please, make haste. I would recommend that you try your very best to arrive at the location that the horses are leading you toward within the day. And I believe you can do it with my magic. Go. Be swift. Be careful. And stay the course. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. Saul takes a slot bow and heads down the steps. Misk follows. You all go? Yes. Yes. You hear the thud of a large door closing behind you. Hello, friends, listeners. Thank you so much for following along with us again this week on Make Believe Heroes. We don't have any giveaways or anything going on this week, but stay tuned in February for some more information about that. If you'd like to stay up to date with our show, the best way to do so is to follow us on Twitter at MBH Podcast or on Facebook at facebook.com slash MBH Podcast, or of course to go to our website and subscribe to our newsletter. We send out at least one, sometimes two newsletters a month, and it always announces the new giveaway or any exciting news about the show. We're not going to light your email up or anything like that. It's just the easiest and best way to make sure that you're getting the most pertinent information first. So you should definitely do that. Go to our website, sign up for our newsletter, and all of that. Stay tuned in the next couple weeks for some more information on giveaways and hopefully some more exciting news coming your way, MBH fans. So let's go ahead and take care of the usual business. We do have a sponsor to talk to you all about. It's one you might have heard of. DiceNV.com. They create beautiful dice for your gaming pleasure. I saw recently on Twitter that they're about to do a run of new wooden sets of dice. I got the, I believe these are maple set earlier this year, and they are probably my favorite set. I love them. And I'm going to be getting in on these wooden dice that they're going to sell. You should too. And if you go purchase some of those wooden dice from DiceNV.com or metal or acrylic, whatever you like, or go check out their awesome subscription service and get some monthly curated dice delivered to your door, use the code HEROES to get 10% off. And if you use the link in the show notes or on our website, you click on the big Dice Envy logo toward the bottom there, you will be helping us out as well because we are now officially an affiliate of DiceNV.com. So be sure to click the link in the show notes to go buy your brand new dice from DiceNV.com. We love them, and so should you. We also want to give a big thanks to BattleBards for allowing us to use many of their wonderful sound effects, music, tracks, etc. in the show, which we've been using from the beginning. They're wonderful. They add an amazing dynamic to our show, and I believe they could do the same thing for your table. Go to BattleBards.com and use the code MBHPODCAST to let them know that we sent you so that they'll love us as much as we love them. Now, before we get back to our adventure, I do want to give a shout out to a couple awesome fans who did us a huge favor and left us a five-star review on iTunes. If you listen and you haven't done that, take two minutes out of your time. Go leave us a five-star rating and write us a little review. It lets us know that you love us and it helps us get noticed. So the first review comes from May, May 1989. So hilarious, must listen. D&D is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, role-playing games. It feels great to have some funny guys that share my interests. Five stars would recommend to anyone. 
Thanks a lot, May May. That was from back in January of last year. We hope that we have kept you entertained and engaged throughout the year. And thank you so much for the review. Our second review comes from Cameron.Mickey. Such a great story. I had the opportunity to binge the whole first season of MBH, and after listening to it all the way through, I can't imagine having to wait each week for the episodes to come out. Paul tells a really good story, and all the guys do a really good job of getting into the character and making you feel like you really are watching a show. Great podcast and really great role play. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Cameron.Mickey. We appreciate those kind words, and that five-star review is such a help. You're the wind beneath our wings, Cameron. And that's enough from me for now. Thanks so much for listening. And let's get back to the story, shall we? You all make your way down the stairs. You head back to the suite where you're staying. You pass through living quarters, lots of rooms, kind of like long hotel hallways, apartments where people are staying. You run into a few people that are still celebrating from the party, but it's mostly quiet. It is very late. You all make your way along. You travel through the libraries that are currently being built, big bookshelves and such, scrolls and books everywhere. I smash a bookshelf. Do you seriously? Good Lord. An empty one? Yes. Uh, Roll me an attack roll. The half-orc is an imbecile. Uh, he rolled poorly. <laughs> um, it's a nine. Okay, well, that's like plus plus six to hit, so... Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's plenty. Yes, you hit it. Kjorg, what are you doing? It explodes. <laughs> Kjorg, I know he said don't smash anything else up there, but that means everywhere else either. So disrespectful. Uh, no one comes out to check on it or anything. There's no one around. You destroyed it. Saul eventually goes over to Misk and takes her arm. Mm-hmm. Will you come with me to my chamber? Sure. You all make it back down to the hallway with the suite where you're staying. You go inside the suite. It's just like you remember it. Everything is normal. There's some cold water and some little cookies sitting on a tray on the table there amongst the couches. Saul's just going to take her by the arm and lead her to his room. Brackle, do you and Cure go to your respective rooms? I can't speak for Kjorg, but I do go to my room. I hop upon my hammock. I stretch and then say, time to go nap, nap. And lay down. And you take a nap. Kjorg? I go to my room. Okay. And smash things. Okay, you go into your room and you're using your new mace on some of those dummies in there. Okay. Saul, you and Misk enter your room. He closes the door, walks her over to the fire, steps in the fire. Pulls her up into the fire. Okay. Misk. There's gotta be there's gotta be more. Surely you found something out. It can't be the void. It can't be. I don't think that he would lie to us. He told you to ask him anything. You really think that he would just make up something? Yeah, but nothing. If he says it's true, then that's what's gonna happen to us. Then what are these people doing? They live these short lives for what? What, is it to believe a memory behind? Is that it? It doesn't make any sense to me. That's why everyone makes each day the best that they can down here. Miss steps out of the fire. She kind of like walks off, keeps her back to salt. Something's troubling her, but she doesn't know what it is. What is it? What's wrong with you? <sighs> the vision that he took us through, 
Mine was so perfect. It was peaceful. Peaceful. Yeah. And even though you weren't there, you were a part of it. Drawings and things that showed that me and you and Kjorg and Brackle were still friends years to come. Everything was fine. I just, I want that to be real. Peace? How is that life? Where's the excitement? Where's the pain? I've already had so much excitement and crazy days and running and... I'm ready to stop. What piece did he offer you? How do you get it? I don't know. He didn't tell me. He just said, overcome evil misc. Like, there's something inside of me that's going to mess us all up. I don't want to mess that up. But isn't that what we are? (laughs) We are half-devils. We were. We were that when we were in the Nine Hells. You heard him. We're not what we were when we were down there. We're not what our father is anymore. Yes, we're tiefling, but we don't have any of those powers, and we put that life behind us. (sighs) I don't want to be that anymore. Why do you think I left? I could be married off to some half-wit, fighting battles all the time, winning. I didn't want that. I could have had life made down there, and I left it. Haven't you started... Do you remember? There's parts of it I don't remember. Remember what? What do you mean? Think back. Think back to conversations you had with Father. Are they all still there? Because I can start a memory, and then the memory, it's like it cuts off in the middle. Misk stops for a minute, and you can tell she's, like, thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't really noticed. I don't really try to think about the Nine Hills that often. I only started thinking back when you showed up, but I don't think I can remember. It's like it's fuzzy. It's there, but I can't, I can't really see it. Exactly. Sometimes I wonder what all I actually have given up. As this conversation's going on and you guys are still talking in there, working through some stuff, Jorg, you're beating on some of these dummies in your room? I mean, I was just going to, you know, use that mace for a little while and go to sleep. That's all. Okay. You're using the mace. You've only been there for a couple of minutes and you're just sort of getting a feel for it. It's, like I said, it's perfectly balanced and weighted. You really think you're going to like it. And you hear a soft knock at the door. I really want to smash the door. <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, you do what you I want. I don't really want to kill anybody though. <laughs> okay. I just open the door. Okay, you step over and open the door. And there's Juniper. Uh hey, h- hello Kjorg. Sorry, were you sleeping? It sounded like you were destroying things in there, not sleeping. Um yeah. I was destroying things. Okay. I just I just wanted to make sure that uh that I didn't wake you, you know. It is late. Uh, sorry. Am I bothering you? I can I can leave you alone. I, I'm not trying to bother you. What do you want? Oh, uh, I was just, I don't know. Uh, I just wanted to say that uh, I'm really glad that I got to meet you. And I had a really good time tonight at the party. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I sh- I sh- I'm I shouldn't have bothered you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to bed. Okay. Maybe we can play some Hotsy another day. 
she grins and yeah. Yeah, that'd be uh that'd be great, Kjorg. Um Okay. I'll I'll uh, I'll see you in the morning. Good good night, Kjorg. And she just sort of runs off. Can I close the door? Okay. After a little while you go on to bed. I'm used to having a lot of power. And without it, I just feel weak. I don't like it. And I don't I don't know what I don't know. I don't know that you can find peace in this world. The only thing you know about this plane so far is fighting and running and things like that. You've not been here long enough to experience peace. I have. It's been a few years for me. There was times when everything was going perfect. And I could see myself being just content and happy and have peace the rest of my life. And then I messed it up. And I've been... You messed it up? By coming here? No, I mean... You messed it up here? Here. I'm saying I had it... I had it pretty good. Things were going pretty good. And then... What did you do? I don't know. I met Kjorg and things... You met Kjorg and it ruined your peace, ruined your positive... (laughs) No. What was it? She kind of turns back at Saul. Kjorg is really a great, great guy. He isn't the smartest, but he does have a heart. I know you two are, you know, kind of tough on each other, but just so you know, he he took care of your sister during these times. He always stayed with me. We had some rough travels on our way to Brainshire. Then we found ways to make money and... We kind of always talked about, you know, getting a ranch, and he's always wanted a fence, so... <laughs> and it's not it's not weird. He he literally really, really wants a fence. I mean, ask him about it. But I'm just seeking that, that peace, and when he showed me this vision, I just don't want to mess it up, Saul. I'll do anything not to mess that up, because I, I want that. You want that? I want peace. What are you running from? Myself. <laughs> he, like, raises an eyebrow at you? That doesn't make any sense. I just told you. I had it going good, and I messed it up. I did. First, I left the non hills. I did that. And looking back, it was the best for me so far. And then I had things going good in Brightport, and I messed that up. I feel like all I do is mess everything up. I just don't want to mess that vision up. I want that. Well, if I can help you get it, I will. Thank you. I don't know how you messed up leaving the Nine Hells. It sounds like you saved yourself. I did. It's just, you know, I I overthink. Maybe you'll tell me about this Brightport business when you're ready. Yeah, maybe. I think we got a long day ahead of us tomorrow. Eye. He turns around and puts his back to her and stands in the fire. Miss leaves. Miss goes, lies down, and you all pass the night uneventfully. Go into a deep sleep. Get a really good rest. You can all click that long rest button. Hallelujah. Refill all of your spells and HP. And the next morning, you are awakened by the sound of a bell ringing off in the little 
common area of your suite. Breakfast Saul bell comes out. You all get up and head out into the common room for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Quentin is there. Quick question. Is there bacon? So you all come out into the common room. Juniper's already out there. Um, she is dressed and she has her things packed up in a little carrying sack that she had when you all left. Ah, good morning, everyone. I'm glad to see that you all got a good rest last night. It seems that you're all quite well rested. I have for you a hearty breakfast. It is a couple hours after sunrise. I was informed by the master to allow you all to get some extra rest for you. have a long journey ahead of you, yes? I'm sure that you have our horses ready. Ah, they're being prepared at this very moment. But first, Satsaurus, please, would you like to um, help yourself to some breakfast? We have bacon, we have sausages, eggs... Orange juice, some cakes, everything that you might need. Saul goes and gets all the meats. (laughs) You all dig into some breakfast? Yep. If there's bacon. There is bacon. Misk gets a big cup of orange juice. There's orange juice. There is tea. Breakfast tea. All those things. Like English breakfast tea? Sure. Would you like a spot of tea? No. So you all get a hearty breakfast. When you are all finished, just uh, if you'd like to join me below in the courtyard, I am procuring your horses as we speak. He gives a slight bow and turns and leaves. Thank you. Saul pigs out. Everyone eats breakfast. I eat breakfast. Mm -hmm. Saul has a giant plate of the meats. He uh, eats it all and pulls out his dagger and just kind of smiles wickedly at it. Kind of, you know, gets used to the way it sits in his hand and, mm-hmm. you know, imagines him sticking it in Kjorg's neck and then realizing that, ah, he doesn't really want to do that, but he knows how he could use it. Miss goes in her room and packs all of her stuff together. Gathers her things, yep. And the cloak is laying on the bed. Mm-hmm. And she grabs it. She remembers what he says in her ear. Mm-hmm. She just puts it on very gently. And kind of like touches the sides of it and stuff. Then heads and out. Heads out. It's a very good moment. Mm. I'm assuming all the rest of you get your things together, have your breakfast, and head out. Juniper is waiting. So, um, are are we? Are you all leaving? Good riddance. Bye. Saul so just walks by her. We're <laughs> we're leaving. Jorg, um, where are you going? To my horse. I wasn't. Jorg, where where are you all going? Um, somewhere with danger. Um, well, I, th- you think I could come along? They told me I could stay here, but I, I don't know. I think I would rather, at least for now, continue traveling with you guys. Well, speaking of guys, let me tell you a story that may affect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Too soon, uh, but is it? Oh, is it? Do you think it? Do you think it'd be okay for me to stick with you all for now, Juniper? We need to have a talk. Uh, okay. I think it's best if you know you don't go with us. But I think we're really good friends and stuff. But um, yeah, bye. <laughs> you don't think I should go with you? Brackle approaches and says, "Jupiter." <laughs> I know you've had a thing for me this whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it's that reason. My heart. My heart belongs to another. My heart belongs to another. Mm. Lelia. 
And so I'm sorry. It's for this reason I think you should stay behind because um, a broken heart is not easily healed. Brackle, we're just, I just, you know, we're just friends, Brackle. I kiss her. Oh my gosh. Brackle, no. No, Brackle. <laughs> None of this happens. <laughs> okay. Uh, Brackle just says the danger we're walking into is beyond imagining, even for me. And I, my middle name is Danger. No, it's not. It's actually, uh, it's actually Earl. Brackle, Earls, and Yeltius. Where are you all going? Listen, our when we talked to the master, Hope and Kill. Wait, when did you guys talk to the master? Last night. It was a whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Okay. I guess. I guess while while I was asleep. Um. He kind of summoned us in a way that I. Don't... I get it. No. Hey. You know what? That's fine. I Listen, get it. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Oh my gosh, this is like the worst thing ever. I get it. Uh, don't, don't make me cry. Where, where are you guys going from here? He said it would be very dangerous. Where? I don't know. South. Somewhere southeast. <sighs> okay, um, yeah. I guess I'll just stay here for now and then make my way back to Brightport. So... It was nice meeting you all. Are you mad, bro? <laughs> I mean, I can see when I'm not wanted. Goodbye. So, oh my gosh, cured. I'll just stay here. Yeah, you're right. Just leave. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um. Listen. No, that's enough. Uh, I've heard enough. All right. Well, uh, I'll. I'm just. I'm gonna go upstairs. It was nice meeting you all. I'll never forget you, Jennifer. She just turns and walks off. Oh my gosh, cured. Bam. And those of you with a passive perception over a 12 can tell that she definitely has tears in her eyes as she walks away. Jennifer. Mine's 14. Yeah, cured is definitely not going to notice. Miss would probably notice. Anyhow. I turn around after she like walks away and mm -hmm. I look at cured. Cured. Jennifer really liked you, and you just told her to go away. <sighs> Miss just walks off, mad. He puts his hands on his head. He's just shocked. He didn't know anything about this. He didn't know that she liked him? Yeah. He really is just an idiot. He was oblivious. <laughs> so when everyone starts to walk away, then I run after Jennifer. Juniper. <laughs> You run after Juniper? Yes. Okay, you pretty easily catch her. She's gone up to the next floor, and she's just sitting on the floor against the corner crying. What does Kjorg do? He says, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Just leave me alone. So, I had no idea. No idea what? About how you were feeling. Well, it doesn't matter. And I'm sorry about that. And I really just don't want you to get killed because that could very likely happen. She's sort of had her face in her hands this whole time. She sort of stops, rubs her tears on her sleeve, and she says, I'm not just some weakling, you know. I, I can take care of myself. How many spells do you know? What? How are you... How are you going to protect yourself? I know. What if we can't protect you? What if you can't protect yourself? 
I can. I'm the people's champion. Yeah, I know. That was stupid. Look, I understand um, you all don't want me to go. That's fine. I'm going to stay. It's just hard, you know? I thought maybe we had something. How did you not know? I live for battle. I don't think about anything else. She gets up. She steps over towards you again. And she says, maybe we'll um, meet again sometime. I hope so. And she gives you a hug, which is awkward. But she jumps and gets up about midway up your chest and she's hugging you. I pick her up and hug her back. Then you put her back down. Don't get yourself killed, Kjorg. Trust me, I won't. I'll try to find you in Branchar. I'm sure you'll hear of me, because I'm the people's champion. I have no doubt about that. Goodbye, Kjorg. Goodbye. And then I run away. Very quickly. You run away. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Run. All right. You get downstairs. You're all downstairs, and Quentin is there, and he has gathered for you all four horses. Yes, these horses have been imbued with a magic ability, which allows them to travel at twice the speed as a normal horse of their size. So hopefully that will get you to the location that the master has spoken to the horses by the end of the day. That could be dangerous. Yes, it could be so. We'll be going like 80 miles per hour with no windshield or anything. Well, they'll be able to take care of you. Just be careful. Be thoughtful. It has been nice meeting you all. I hope that your journey is fruitful and that you are safe and perhaps we shall meet again one day. Perhaps, Brackle says, and then starts singing in the arms of an angel. Oh, gosh. Do you all mount your horses? Yes, Saul's already on it, impatiently smoking. Yes. Brackle hops upon his steed. You all gather upon your horses and head out from Sylvandale. And the moment that the horses' hooves hit the first bits of the road, the path leading out of Sylvandale, these horses begin to gallop at somewhat of a frightening speed at first. You acclimate to it, but at first it is a little, a little scary. And soon you are all... Riding the wind south along the road for Branchar. And that is where we're going to end this episode. Bam. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope that you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week. Find out what happens next. And for those of you who have not yet gone to our website, makebelieveheroes.com, and subscribed to our newsletter, You should do so right now while listening. Just click the link in the show notes. We're going to be sending out some surveys soon, asking for some ideas and input about possible merchandising and things like that. Uh, We're thinking about even letting you all vote on possible t-shirt designs or, you know, what types of merch you want. We would love to have your feedback. And the best way for us to do that is for you to sign up for the newsletter. And it's possible that we may put this stuff on social media, but we are certainly going to send it out to all the fans who have joined our newsletter because that lets us know that you're really, really interested in being involved. So be sure to sign up for that if you'd like to be involved in this decision-making process to let your voice be heard and to be the first to have an opportunity to snag up some of that sweet merch. So be sure to do that. All right. So thanks again for listening. 
We love you. Bye. Bye. Love you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.